Hello, everybody, and welcome back after a long hiatus to the Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Still hosted by HashtagBasketball.com. And since basketball is restarting, you can go check them out uh, and see what they got going on on the website at HashtagBasketball.com. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and I am very excited to be here once again with my co-host, who I have not talked to in quite a bit, who uh, is, is gratefully still kicking it. Tyler P. Watts, what's up, Tyler? We have a lost episode now, Michael. Are you aware of this? What? You, yes. didn't, even, you didn't even bring this up when we had our pre, uh, pre-episode discussion. You know that's my that's my game. Yes, we have a lost episode. Mike and I recorded an episode. Oh God, when was that? Back in April, maybe potentially. Uh, yeah, no idea. And, and now it is officially the lost episode. So somebody can look forward to at some point hearing the lost episode of this podcast, which may or may not exist. Did we? Did we just not get published? Is that what happened? I believe that is the case. Uh, I might have to have some words with our publishing uh, publishers over at. HashtagBasketball.com. Go check them out. Um, yeah, we might publish the, uh, the lost episode on our Patreon. Uh, shout out to everybody on Patreon. Uh, we've uh, Once the league ended, we suspended all um, payments for the Patreon. I'm not going to make you pay something that doesn't exist. Um, so um, shout out to everybody who stuck with us. If you uh, unjoined from Patreon just because you didn't want to get charged, I totally understand. Uh, but we hope you rejoin us as the as the league picks up next year. I'm not. We're not even going to ask you to, to pick up for this eight game season because that's what we're here talking about today. Hopefully, everybody's safe, healthy, um, and fighting the good fight uh, for everybody uh, for civil rights. I hope you're all doing safe out there. Um, but Tyler, eight game season is it worth? starting back up a league so I, I it's definitely not worth continuing a league because not all the teams are playing but is it worth starting back up a league with your friends for an eight game season um if you want to have some fun sure i mean there's going to be some fluky stuff for sure um if you look at anybody's best eight game sample and their worst eight game sample um it, while it's pretty wild in the variance you know between their their normal production so you're going to see some crazy stuff. Obviously, there's a lot of top fantasy players that will not be part of the restart for one reason or another. Um, so, yeah, I think it can be fun, but I don't think it's going to be like a great test of who's the best fantasy basketball player. No, and I, I actually think that's why I would suggest definitely starting a league um, because this is hopefully a um, – once in a fantasy basketball lifetime experience. Uh, this is a uh, a makeshift eight-game league with not all the teams. Who knows who's going to play? Um, who knows who's going to get COVID? Hopefully nobody. Um, who knows who's going to – I have a theory. Like we've seen a lot of guys like show up to the bubble and then be like, oh, I'm leaving on a, a fa- for family reasons. You know, I think Zion um, – Montrezl Harold did this, and uh, I have a I have a little bit of a, a theory that if you are young 
and have a long career ahead of you. Why in the and, and your team's already in the playoffs. Why in the hell would you show up to uh, Orlando, one of the worst damn cities in the entire world, who's been proven to be even worse due to the, the influx of the uh, of a of a virus that they can't get under control uh, and a horrible uh, governor? Um, why would you want to show up to this breeding ground for COVID to risk your career? Because like, who knows what it does to your lungs? Um, in order to play in some money grab eight game season that doesn't matter at all. So you show up, you say you got family problems, you leave, you got a quarantine for 14 days. After 14 days, it's time for the playoffs. You come back for the playoffs. I guess that's one way to do it. I mean, I don't that's know. I, I think. You know, a lot of these guys and, and the big worry, the bigger worry for me, I mean, obviously we saw since July 13th, the NBA announced yesterday they hadn't had a positive test inside the bubble. So the okay. bubble the bubble thing's working, which is good, right? I, I think the thing we should maybe be a little bit more worried about is some of these guys getting injured. I mean, they haven't played basketball in four months, and some of them didn't even really practice, which makes it uh, wildly different than an offseason, right? And um, you know, now we're going to ramp up with eight games and then we're going to go right into the playoffs and try to ratchet that intensity up like we always do in the playoffs. Like, you know, soft tissue injuries and, and maybe even more devastating injuries like we saw last year in the playoffs could be more prevalent this year, which would be not a good scenario for anything, especially considering there's going to be a real short turnaround to next season. Like, they want to start next season in December. Ugh. That's so. <clears throat> it's far too short. I think. They're pushing it, right? And you would hope in the at least in the eight game season that most of these teams super minutes restricted. Um, you, I don't think you're going to see a lot of defense being played in Orlando until the playoffs. But you're right. Once if everybody tries to ratchet it back up to playoff level basketball, uh, yeah, injuries could be a real problem here. Yeah, so I mean that'll be that'll be another interesting thing inside the many interesting things to watch. Um, there are obviously still players too. We have no real idea if they're going to be there, when they're going to be there, what they're going to be at. Like, you know, Russell Westbrook just got there yesterday. Yeah, um, he had Zion, the COVID. Right, we don't know. Yeah, uh, uh, Connolly's got a baby. A lot of guys seem to have babies on the way, and I'm wondering, do you think the NBA players plan? to uh bang their wives so they can have a baby in the off season uh i don't think there's that much planning involved i think it just kind of happens mike i don't think do you do you plan that kind of excursion with I, your wife so actually <laughs> i'm going I, to knock you up and exactly no <laughs> this is a actually i we i've had this real conversation with my uh wife we uh, are considering having children and um the because of covid uh we were supposed to kind of have like a all right this will be the the summer that we like travel i do a bunch of stuff uh, and then next summer next year we can start thinking about having a baby and we actually thought like okay now that covid has kind of ruined our plans to travel anywhere and we're uh locked inside of the united states for uh, possibly ever uh what does that mean for when do you like when do you want to have a baby like do you want to have a baby over the next summer next winter so yeah we actually are talking about timing 
Uh, well, see, I, I think you have a little bit more foresight than the average NBA player then because I don't think I don't think they do. But maybe. I mean, Gordon Hayward's going to leave to have a kid too, right? And his is actually supposed to happen in the playoffs, which could be uh, yeah. a bit of trouble for the Celtics. Well, yeah, I actually think people are planning because there's like six dudes who are having like kids during this period of time, which they would have had to plan 10 months ago, so who, they couldn't have seen this coming at all. Um there's well, we game. saw a couple opt out because they were their, you know, wife, girlfriend, whatever was pregnant. Willie Kelly Stein did that. Hell yeah. And they should. They should absolutely should. Every single player should be taking their safety, their family's safety, their level of comfort, along with everybody, everybody listening. Your level of comfort and your level of risk that you want to take is is determined by you and it should be determined by nobody else. Um, so I respect everybody who's not showing up to the bubble, who doesn't believe that it is worth uh, risking their health to do. Um, but hopefully we get some pretty decent basketball. Uh, and I think that makes drafting kind of a crapshoot as well. Um, you have uh, like Kelly Oubre, one of my favorite uh, players, one of my uh, picks to uh, break out last season. I thought he, he pretty much did. Um, we don't know what he if he's healthy and if he is healthy if he's coming back and we don't know if he if he comes back if he has to quarantine. Um, you have guys like Aldrich out. You have guys like Nurkic coming back. Uh, it's a it's a huge crapshoot, and I, I that's why I would recommend you know just you know having like putting five bucks down like don't make this a serious thing. And um, well, and I think too we have, a, see, have a draft. We could see some of these teams realize okay we're not in this we're just gonna bail quickly like washington could give up fairly quickly uh the spurs the suns the kings i mean the kings maybe are dealing with more injuries and illnesses than any team they could kind of just go yeah we're out of this and and not play any semblance of a team the rest of the way because i mean do you do you really want to risk getting someone hurt when you know the turnaround is going to be what you know, you get eliminated after the seeding games, like three, four months, you're going to be playing basketball again. Like, hell no. So, and I, I think that if you're going to start up a draft, right, you got to look at who's actually vying for the playoffs and who is, who is not. Uh, let's just be quite frank, you know, Phoenix, San Antonio, uh, Sacramento, and probably the Pelicans, they're probably not making the playoffs. Same with yeah. Washington. Washington's probably not making the playoffs. They might Washington's play one or not two. even making the play-in game, I don't think. <laughs> They're five and a half games out. They have to get within four games. They're, yeah. The Magic are going to pass the Nets. The Nets don't have anyone playing. Now, that's Washington's one saving grace, is they could maybe get close enough to the Nets. But the Nets are six games ahead of them. So they got to make up two games on the Nets, which is potentially possible, but... I don't know. That's that's going to be a tough one. I think Portland gets gets in there in the eighth spot in the West. I think Portland plays well. I think they can sneak in. I could think they can sneak in there. And is the, there's a play-in game, right? There is. So here's how this is this works. If the ninth seed is within four games, so that's a must. They have to be within four games at the end of it. There's okay. a there's a play-in, eight against nine, right? If nine wins the first game. They play again. If eight wins the first game, it's over. They go to the playoffs. 
why are we making this complicated? Like, why so, why don't we just have a sudden death game? It's a fucking playing game. Why why well, are we so, acting so, like we yeah, have to care they, about the they, eight seed of the damn NBA playoffs when this isn't a real NBA playoffs? Right. So if the simplest way to say it is, if there's the play-in, the eight seed's got to win one out of two games. If the nine seed wins two of two, they're in. That's that's too much. But uh, if anybody can do it, it's Portland. So. I would zone in Portland and Memphis. They're going to be playing hard. Everybody else below them, no. Washington is going to be out real quick. And then you got to look at the top of the of the standings. The Lakers and Milwaukee are probably not going to over half their games. They're going to be probably mailing it in. I would assume Toronto uh, as well. Um, but then after that, Boston, Miami, Indiana, Philly, uh, Brooklyn, and Orlando. They're all tight. With each other, um, Brooklyn Orlando tight with each other uh, separately, and then uh, Clippers, Denver, Utah, Oklahoma City, Houston, Dallas, also I think are going to be actually playing for um, playoff seeding because I don't think too many people want to play Milwaukee or Toronto. I certainly want to wouldn't want to play the Clippers. Uh, I'm not worried about LA. I think the Lakers are going to be out in the second round, but. The Clippers, I wouldn't want to play them. Not at all. Especially healthy. It sounds like Kawhi's going to be playing full full amounts during this uh, this season, the eight game. and the. I'm sure he sits out a game, right? But I would oh, yeah, that fr- target those that, that very first game, and this is one reason why that whole Russell Westbrook uh, COVID thing comes into play a lot more, is that very first game is Dallas against Houston on the 31st. And that's a big game in the standings, and and the Rockets definitely don't want to be the team that has to play the Clippers in the in the first round. And neither does Dallas. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the worst matchup for both of those teams. Like, if if you said to those two teams, would you rather play the Lakers or the Clippers? They'd say both of them. I think would say the Lakers. Absolutely, I would too. And and so yeah, that's going to be a huge game to kick it off, and that's why they need Westbrook back. And you know, Westbrook's got ten days to get his conditioning in order, and I don't know where that's going to be at, but it's going to be important because that Rockets team is a whole different team than we saw at the beginning of the season, right? I mean, they embrace small ball like no team has ever embraced small ball, and now without potentially without Westbrook or Westbrook playing limited minutes, I don't know if I like that Rockets team near as much. No, me neither. And it gets real shady from there. And if they end up with a bad matchup, either with the Lakers or the Clippers, I think the Lakers and Clippers can take Houston. Um, so you, I think that is probably why. Uh, and there is a, um, a on Twitter, if you follow um, Adam King, I believe. No, the other app. One of the, one of the Adams. One of the fan tracks, Adam. Just follow a random Adam. Good luck. I will be Type following in Adam a ran- <laughs> into your um, into your Twitter search bar. Just type in Adam, and then just follow everybody until you find the um, the fantasy basketball restart uh, mock draft going on. Uh, it's probably going to be on fan tracks. Um. I can, you know why 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 can't I find this? This is why I'm not not prepped for the guys. It's not gonna, I'm not going to be more prepped for the uh, restart show than I was for the other ones. It's just not it's not going to happen. Um, 
da, 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 da. Oh, it's Adam King. You changed his damn uh, photo. Adam King 91. We are doing a redraft if you want to follow along there. And uh, I think it's been really interesting because you have to weigh the amount of games people are going to play, as we were just talking about, with the talent of the players. And Mike, so, you know, like, I got an idea that I'd like to run past you before you get into this too hard. Yeah. I would like to play a very small league, like maybe, I don't know, six or eight teams in this league, okay? Where it's the eight games, then you also get the playoff games. So the stats from the playoff games. Now, we see this every year. There are some dudes who are huge negatives in the playoffs. Like, some of those guys that are like streaky shooter guys, and then the defense ratchets up and they shot plummets. They're big time negatives in the playoffs. So I'd like it to be kind of a, I don't know. I don't know exactly how to, to do the stats yet, but I'd like so, to incorporate the playoffs into it too. And I think that would be a super, super interesting league, especially in this restart where we no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. And I think that if you want, if you don't want to do nine category Roto, you don't want to do points because you hate points because you're a good fancy basketball player. Um, I am spinning up a league with some of my friends. We are doing both the regular season and the playoffs. So guys like Giannis, uh, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, they're going to be weighted a lot higher because we're taking every game you play. Um, we're only drafting six players. We're not doing positions. And um, we're, gonna, we're allowing – one pickup and drop between the regular season and the playoffs, three categories, assists, rebounds, and points, Roto, that's it. Yeah, see, now that's a fun league. That's a league I can get on board with. I feel like this eight-game thing is going to be super fluky, but let's talk about this draft, all right? So let's start by prefacing it this way. Everyone in this draft is really good. I mean, if we make fun of a pick, not we're not making fun of it. We're, we're just yeah, saying that was probably not something I would do. You most know what I mean? people at uh, at fantasy basketball. Okay, so let's let's start. Let's preface it this way: You did not have the first pick in this draft. No, if you I did not. Did have the first pick? Who would you have taken? Uh, so if we're doing just regular season, I think. James Harden is a pretty good first pick, and I think I would go with him. If we're doing the entirety into the playoffs, I think it has to be Giannis no matter what. Yes, I'll, I'll agree with that. I think you don't go Giannis, Anthony Davis, or Kawhi in this just eight games because I could see all of those guys missing at least one game. Yeah, or playing limited minutes, possibly missing multiple games. Right, so I think you go with Harden. I think he's fairly safe, number one. Um, that way. Absolutely. Um, Harden did go first, followed by Giannis, Anthony Davis, and Luka Doncic. Now, do you do you think Luka Doncic is should have been picked higher than that? I know how much you love Luka, and you haven't been able to talk his <laughs> praises lately. Uh, but he's um, probably going to play every game. So let's go back to the beginning of the season. Did anyone in the league start off the year hotter than Luka Doncic? He averaged a 30-point triple-double in the month of November. That's, that's he, pretty his, good. His percentages slipped a lot because he played one minute against the Heat. He also came out early in another game. 
So he only played 54 games total. That's actually knocked down his you know season-long percentages because he's got two games in there that he didn't play a ton. Um, he also just didn't perform as well after he you know suffered that first ankle injury. It took him a little bit to come back. He suffered another ankle injury. It took him a little bit to come back. Um, I have made the case that Luka Doncic could be the absolute best player in the NBA during this restart. You were high on Luka Doncic going into the season. You were dead on on that. And in this eight-game period without the playoffs, if Luka Doncic finished number one overall in totals, I would not be surprised. Well, and they're not making any bones about it. They they want to move up. That's that's their thing. They're they're going to play those eight games hard to try to move up. And like I said, you know, the Lakers don't really have that incentive. The Bucks don't really have that incentive. So honestly, if I was doing this draft. That number two pick would probably be between Giannis, because Giannis is amazing, Luca and Damian Lillard. I feel like those guys have a little bit – those other two have a little bit more to play for, and so those would probably be the three guys I'd put in my crosshairs um, for that second pick. Yeah, I agree. I think it's uh, – I think you still got to go hard number one because they're in content. They, they got to make sure they're uh, – Well, and that Russ uncertainty right? – Same with and then Giannis is insane. Like Anthony Davis, LeBron, I, I'm not sure. They probably make my first round, but probably the end of the first round. Yeah, right. And, and I don't think you want to discount Davis too, too much, right? Like LeBron, if you look at you know the season on per on per game, he was the eighth best player, which is still really good. Like, don't get me wrong, but I feel like he's going to rest more than Davis. So I'd have Davis a little bit ahead of him still. Davis was a second-ranked player this year. Um, I would probably have Davis still in my top eight, I think. Maybe even my top five. He might sneak in there behind uh, Giannis, Luka, and Damian Lord. Well, yeah, I would I would have to put Dame in there. I'd probably go Jokic next. Yeah, Nuggets got to play for stuff. Um does so it, does does skinny Jokic help him or hurt him in fantasy? Or no no impact. I mean he lost a uh, lot of weight. A lot of weight. Ooh, it depends on if it's affecting his shot at all. Like if he's like if his like muscles um development is suddenly changing the way he needs to shoot and he hasn't like accustomized to that, and I haven't seen any reports on any of that. Um, then, then it could hurt him. But Skinny or Jokic, to me, is as a Jokic who can play more minutes, and who I think it helps him a lot. I think I, I think it it improves his game, um, gets him into places uh, for rebounds that he needed to get to. I don't think you got to worry about like needing to be the big beefy uh, beefy boy big man uh, with the with the giant giant butt cheeks moving people out of the way because there's not a lot of big not a lot of big centers in the league anymore. It's just not necessary. Well, yeah. I mean, you look at the West. I mean, the Lakers are going to play somebody at center. That's it's fairly big. The Clippers are, but like Zubak and Harrell aren't like super big body bangers. Like the only two teams that really have the big body banger, I would say, would be the Jazz and the Thunder. Yeah. I mean, Jones, if, if Memphis gets in, Jonas Valanciunas is one. But. Yeah. And Vujovic uh, in the East. I'd say would probably be one of your and Joel and Beat are probably your two bigs in the East that you would have to contend with. I know they're not uh, really playing each other, but um, 
that's it. Like you're talking about a handful of a handful of guys. Like DeAndre Ayton, a skinny Jokic and DeAndre Ayton are probably like the same size. Yeah, I'll agree with that. So here's my question about this draft. So I will I will throw up my first. Um, I thought Tatum went a little high, but I I guess I get it. Like Tatum has been very good. He was the 21st ranked player. He was really coming on strong there in the last month or so. Yeah, and, and we've kind of seen him, you know, becoming a superstar, I think. So he went, what, was that fifth, sixth? He went sixth in this draft. I don't really hate that. The one that surprised me was Vucevic going uh, ninth. Thoughts on yes. Vucevic going ninth? To our good friend, uh, Roto, Kyle McCune, um, I didn't like it because I went, I was excited because I, as always, I'm probably picking next to Kyle. Um, I went with Kawhi Leonard next, and I know we talked about, um, you know, Kawhi's probably going to sit out some games, probably going to play uh, some limited minutes. But I just think per minute, Kawhi Leonard is was the best guy left on the board at that at that particular time. Um, on the flip side of that, Orlando is going to play all their games, and I would assume Vucevic is going to play in most of those games decent minutes, um, if not maybe heavier minutes because they want to rely on him. Uh, depending on who they're playing, there's not a lot of defense going on in the East. So I, I, thought didn't, it was like, I didn't like it at first, but I think Vujovic in the first round, I'm not – I like it. I thought it was very interesting. I like it. I don't like. I don't hate that he was a first round pick. I just thought he went a little early. I would have rather had Kawhi. I would have rather had Joel Embiid. Agree. I would rather had Joel Embiid. I think if you look at it like this, if you want to, if you want, if this is a roto league, and you play two centers. There's not a lot of centers after the first couple rounds. Like very, very few. Um, so if you wanted to get, if you were like focused particularly on percentages. Then I probably still would have went Joel Embiid, but that's 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 a good starting pick for a roto league for an eight game season where anything could happen. Like why not? I don't think it's that crazy. What I didn't like is the other center picked in this uh, in this first round, Hassan Whiteside. I don't I don't understand that one at all. So here's the the I guess you know what what was going on here. He is the fifteenth ranked player in totals. Um, he is leading the league in block shots, I believe. Um, by by a fair margin, um, he blocks over three shots a game, which there's not many dudes doing that nowadays. Um, the problem is, and I think what what somebody maybe overlooked here is, uh, there's no guarantee that he's going to play near as many minutes now, right? With both uh, Zach Collins and Nurkic back, I think Whiteside's minutes are going to tumble a fair amount. Um, Collins and Nurkic, yeah. And if like does if Nurkic so he was is, playing... Nurkic is the best center here. Like Nurkic is the best center on this team. He might not be playing thirty minutes a game, but if Nurkic is playing twenty two minutes a game, there's no reason for Hassan Whiteside to play more than twenty two minutes a game. Yeah, I don't see those two playing together either. No. Like I could see like Collins playing with those two, and, and that's why you know Carmelo Anthony said he slimmed down to play more three. I, I think that's actually going to be a real thing, but I don't think Whiteside is going to be getting more than I think 26, 28 minutes is going to be the top that he gets in pretty much any game. So 
when you have like this is who's who's left on the board who I like well who I, I would take in the first round who I like much better than Hassan Whiteside. Um, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler went a little bit later. I'm not sure why. Uh, Chris Porzingis. I would probably have taken Paul George here over Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, I, I I can't argue with any of that. I would have taken uh, Rudy I Gobert. Take, I would have taken Chris Paul. I would have taken Shea. Like those guys got to yeah. play for stuff. Like Chris Paul was pretty freaking amazing. Um, yeah, I would have taken Chris all those great. guys. You know, Rudy Gobert. You mentioned Kyle Lowry, Ben Simmons. Even I would probably take over him. Like it is not is not a fantastic pick. Unfortunately, um, I get get why. In the sense that he was really, really good, I just don't think he's going to repeat that during the eight games. Yeah, I guess if you want a very specific build, uh, he did go with Rashard Holmes later in the draft, who might or might not be playing in Sacramento. And sadly, uh, I, I did take Marvin Bagley much later in the what eighth round, seventh round, um, and then I just found out Bagley is uh, messed up his foot in practice today. So lucky me, another another bad draft pick. Um, do uh, before we get into the second round, I want your thought on how many games over under, how many games Oladipo is going to play in this eight game comeback. Uh, good question. I don't think they play him in the back to back. Every team has a back to back, right? I think he plays seven. So. Okay, they need him, yeah. and, and you know, right. they don't. They don't want to fall. They don't want to fall to sixth. You know, they don't want to. They want to face the Heat in the first round. I mean, would you rather face the Heat or the Celtics in the first round? I mean, so they they want to move up. If if anything, they don't want to. They don't want to fall to the Sixers, and so they're gonna. They, they got stuff on the line. They're gonna play. They're gonna play hard. I don't want to play the Heat. I don't want to play the Heat at all. Uh, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo went in the second round. I completely agree with that. I actually think they should have gotten. Uh, a lot higher than that, either at the beginning of the second round, they kind of went mid-second round. Uh, I think Jimmy Butler's a first-round player in this particular draft because he's a psychopath. Uh, and Bam is, like I said, there's not a lot of centers. So Bam, out of uh, position scarcity, but also just out of how damn good he is, I think should have gone a little bit higher. Um, the most surprising pick in the second round to me is Shea Gilders-Alexander. Another the most surprising picks are from Kyle. Yeah, I mean, you know, Shea Gilgis Alexander was the the fifty second ranked player. Um, now this is nine cat though, right? So turnovers count. They do. And Gilgis Alexander does not turn the ball over. He's got a plus turnover thing, so I guess you know that's going to move him up the rankings. Shea Gilgis Alexander is, is an underrated player for sure. I definitely don't think I would have picked him there though. I mean, that's what we're talking like pick sixteen. Yeah. Um, that was a little soon. I had Chris Paul. Yeah, right. And Chris Paul has been outstanding this year. There, there are a few guys that would have definitely picked over Shea Gilgis, but does he make it out of that second round? I don't know. Like, look, look down a little further. Like, who are you really taking over? Over Shea um, Gilgis in that third I, round? I think there's a very good chance he comes back to Kyle in the third round because you have a whole bunch of people. Still on the board, um, Bam Adebayo, Paul George, DeAndre Ayton, 
Uh, DeMar DeRozan is going to play a lot of minutes with Aldridge being out. They're just going to pretty much rely on him completely. I don't know. Pop said he's he's uh, prioritizing development over making the playoffs. Oh, man. Pop's the best. He's so, absolutely the best. So does DeMar, after two or three games, say, sorry, DeMar, you're you're on the bench, buddy. This, this season's over for you, son. Mm, I, I don't know. One, I doubt uh, of him. And Pop's crazy like that. He could do it. I'll tell you a pick that surprised me that he was still around in the mid-third round was Pascal Siakam. Why did everyone hate Pascal Siakam? I haven't a clue. I was very excited that he would be falling to me. This is who I saw on the board at that point. Does Dante Sabonis got picked over him? I thought that was a little surprising. Russ Westbrook got picked over him, even though we weren't really sure what his status was at the time. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. I felt like a, a, a reach as well. Um, but this is who I saw on the board. Pascal Siakam, Zion Williams, and Chris Middleton were all on the board with four, uh, three picks left until it got to me. So I was like, uh, unless they all three go off the board right now, I got this. And uh, two of them went off the board. And uh, Donovan Mitchell also went off the board to Kyle. Uh, I went with Chris Middleton in the third round. Uh, I think Chris Middleton is going to play a lot of games. Giannis, if, when Giannis sits, Chris Middleton plays well. And Bledsoe, I think Bledsoe's uh, not going to be playing too many games. Well, Bledsoe's though. not there yet. So Yeah. I mean, I don't know when he gets there and, and what shape he's in when he does, but he's not there yet. Yeah, I have no yeah. idea. Both the Middleton and Siakam things surprised me. There are there are two guys I would have had like over guys like DeAndre Ayton, uh, probably over guys like Shea Gillis Alexander. Like I don't know why. I think Pascal Siakam should have been you know like a mid second round pick, and I think uh, Chris Middleton should have been in the late second or early third. I mean he was all the way at the end of the third round, so that was that was surprising to me. Um, yeah, like even though Jaron Jackson Jr. is probably going to play more minutes, more games, and I, I still think Chris Middleton overall better fantasy player. It's eight games if he plays in six and a half. If Middleton plays six and a half games, almost seven games, he's still probably better in totals than most most of these guys in eight games. The extra game isn't going to be, I think, that big of a of a swing. Thoughts on that Levert pick in the third round? The fact that you got C.J. McCollum, who's going to be playing in all eight games in the next round, is saying a lot, I think. Uh, that was a, a save there, because if you switched C.J. McCollum in the third round, at the, at the beginning of the third round, and Karis LeVert at the end of the fourth round, that makes a lot more sense. So, like, it didn't hurt his, uh, didn't hurt old uh, Mike Barner's draft very much, but um, bit of a reach. On on, well, on Karis LeVert, but no one in Brooklyn is no in Brooklyn is playing. Nobody. Yeah, but this is one of those situations with like the Terry Rozier thing. With you say, okay, I'm going to give him 20 points a game, but like, isn't every team going to sell out to stop Karis LeVert that plays them? So is Karis LeVert going to shoot 40? percent Is he going to shoot under 40? percent Like he shot 41 on the season when they had some guys to take the heat off him. Yeah, they if got, you were doing they, like a points no, league or just yeah, if you're just doing a points league or just like a couple um, categories instead of like a full nine cat, Karis will run the third round. Okay, cool. But he's yeah. gonna he's gonna jack like thirty shots a game. That's what I mean, and the percentages are not gonna be great. I don't think so. 
I, I thought that was a little bit of a reach. There were some other guys, even in like the fourth round, that I think I would have rather had. Um, so yeah, I agree. Um, John Morant won the fourth round. It's a little high for the same reasons. Uh well. I don't know. I feel a little bit better about him in the sense that he at least rated a lot better throughout the season. That's true. You know Much I mean? better like, than Carrison. I mean, he was the 73rd ranked player. Um, I guess, you know, whoever made that pick um, is thinking he's going to take a step forward, which it, it's possible, right? And a lot of people are looking, this is like kind of a new season, right? Not a continuation of the old one because there was such a long break, which I understand. Um, I didn't love that John Moran pick. I didn't hate it. Let's put it that way. There's there's not enough data on who was uh, effing about all break and who was actually putting in the work. Uh, there's a lot of uh, I didn't touch a basketball for two to three months stories coming out for like even like guys like Pascal Siakam and I'm like uh, I don't know if that's a good that doesn't sound like a good thing is that if you didn't touch basketball for two or three months uh, but like I don't know uh, I'm not worried about Pascal Siakam if he doesn't touch a, a ball for two or three months I'm worried about John Morant, Karis LeVert, um, Jalen Brown, DeJounte Murray, if they didn't touch a basketball in two to three months, that would it feels like that's a problem. Um, and I, John Morant's probably not getting back to you, but I feel like John Morant in the fourth round, uh, a little bit high when you could take Buddy Heald, Tobias Harris, CJ McCollum, um, I'm not sure about Kimball Walker. What's the overrunner on games for Kimball Walker? Uh, Three, good question. Four? Good question. I don't know. I mean, they got they only got a two-and-a-half game lead right over Miami. They're going to play a little bit, I think. Um, Kimball's got that bad knee, though. That thing's worrying me because, like, it's just very vague, right? Like, yeah. oh, my knee hurts. Well, is there something wrong with it? Is there nothing wrong with it? Is it just, like, some soreness from not playing? Um, yeah, I'm – I'm skeptical to say that he misses a bunch of games, but I'm also in the camp like we don't really know anything about this injury. Like he could play all eight, he could play none, and kind of anywhere in between. Yeah, and I think in an eight-game season, why take the risk? Um, you miss one or two games, you're going to lose. And so I went with I tried to go with very very safe picks and guys who would get a lot of minutes after the third round. So I got Jamal Murray. Uh, I, I made a, uh, I think, a strategic bet that Kelly Oubre would not be returning, and Mikel Bridges was playing incredibly well, um, especially in the steals category uh, down the stretch for Phoenix when he played like 30-plus minutes a game, and I, I like that. Thomas Bryant has a wide-open starting role, uh, and the Wizards, uh, I don't think, have any reason not to play their young guys for eight games. Uh, Marvin Bagley was allegedly one of the only centers uh, who was healthy to start the eight game season. He's now not, but I thought that was a pretty good idea. And then I was in a debate, and I probably should have went with Victor Oladipo here, but I went with uh, Terrence Ross. Uh, Victor Oladipo was still on the board, and that was probably a bad, probably a bad pick. Yeah, yeah, I think I would rather had guys like Dennis Schroeder, and I mean, there's a couple other guys that were still on the board that I think you could have had that. Um... I would have rather had than Terrence Ross, but I'm a big Terrence Ross fan. I think Terrence Ross could be pretty good. And the man, like you mentioned, the Magic got stuff to play for. Um, I feel like that's always a, a, a fairly good pick is going for somebody that's got something to play for. Yeah, once you, once you get to that fourth round, I, I think, though, just 
go with the guys who are healthy. Go with the guys who are on the teams that need to play eight games. Uh, go with the uh, – you're kind of reaching that that first plateau already. As we talked about, you got your first tier, second tier, a little bit of a third tier, and then you got your plateau. Once you get to the plateau, you, you need totals if you're in a roto league. Um, if you're in a head-to-head league, which I don't know how you would even do a head-to-head league in this particular sense, so don't do it. Um, don't worry about it. Just don't even offer a head-to-head league to your idiot friends who only play it head-to-head and don't want to play Roto. Really good chance to get people into Roto in this particular moment. Um, but yeah, I would go with guys who are going to get, uh, who are going to play um, lots of minutes and definitely have a starting role. Uh, no matter, and a team that's going to play eight games because I think that's all going to matter. Well, we talk about it all the time, right? Like, minutes are sometimes the most important category in fantasy. Yep, usually is. Uh, Will Barton, uh, I think, is a very good pick because it doesn't sound like Gary Harris has returned to the bubble. Do you know any updates on that? Uh, Last I heard, he was supposed to be coming to join the Nuggets in the bubble on Sunday. He just got there, so he should be practicing today for the first time, actually. Maybe Will Barton is not the uh, not the b- good pick that I thought it was from Adam. Yeah, King him there. and Tory Craig were both out, but they both just got to the bubble on Sunday, so they just snuck in. Uh, that sucks for everybody who uh, picked Will Barton. Uh, with Zion out, what do you think about Derek Favors? Uh what do I think about Derek Favors? I I don't love Derek Favors. I don't hate Derek Favors. I think they're going to go back to more more Brandon Ingram, right? And or Drew Holiday, Derek Favors is going to be fine, but like he's probably uh, in this draft. Let me think about this. Got some players out, probably like a seventh, eighth round pick, I would guess. Okay, yeah, that seems fair. I I I, I, I like him a little bit higher than that. I think. Uh, I think if you're in a two well, that's center, fair. If you mentioned the two centers thing, okay, yeah, yeah he's probably more like a. Eh, somewhere in there, I'll give you that. Yeah, because the two centers thing, which that's that's forget the two centers thing in leagues guys like that's the dumbest yes. dumbest, dumbest rule that. because like listen do, are you gonna give uh let's see pj tucker center eligibility who's gonna play mostly center for the rockets um okay let's see who else is gonna play a small ball five out lineup where someone that, that you no one thinks is a center is a center um name any team they'll probably do it at some point you know what I mean? Like, I, I think the position thing just gets a little wild now. Like, sure, you want to have one center spot, okay. I'm more I'm more in my leagues going like guard, guard, forward, forward, center, utility, and I'm I might even be down to go all utilities at this point. Like, there's no real traditional positions on most teams anymore. I yeah, I think we might have to have a uh, an industry. Um, what is it called? Like a forum or like some sort of gathering of the industry, uh, the industry leaders and in fantasy. Uh, if you know any, let me know. Cause we're, we're not them, but uh, we'll call up the, the industry leaders in fantasy and just say, well, we have a position problem because each site has different positions for different players. We're looking at some players like Luka Doncic, LeBron James, who are guard forward in, 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 possibly center eligible um positions don't matter anymore does it make the game more interesting to get rid of positions altogether for both roto and head-to-head and i think there's an argument for yes 
Well, I mean, there's just so many guys like, for example, Jokic, who's a big man producing point guard stats. And there's so many guys like that now that it's like, does it really matter if you put this guy as your center or your point guard? Like, no. And so that's what I mean. Like, I don't think, I don't think the positions make any difference. Like, sure, my roster looks different if it's all guards, but if I get guys like Jokic to be my big man, I basically have all guard lineup anyways. Well, I think we should. Uh, I'm going to be the a forefront leader on gathering uh, at least four bored people who want to talk about whether or not we should have positions. Because and, and it always goes back to like football has like basically a standardized way of playing, and basketball doesn't. And that's why I don't think that's why, but like I think the reason why is that. Football is like you have to look at it one day and then you can forget about it because you're and it does and you can be completely lucky and have no idea what you're doing and still win. Uh, I think that's why football is fantasy football is so much more popular and football is well, more popular sport. So all that kind of well, and, and here's the other thing too, like in football the quarterback plays quarterback and in basketball the point guard sometimes plays center and sometimes plays small forward and sometimes plays. You know, it's just for a different game, and, yeah, and I get your your center can get well, ten assists a game. And and for for guys like us who play on multiple sites, it gets so annoying when you're drafting, like because they don't always put all the position things in the draft on certain sites, and so you're confusing yourself, going, "Oh, well, he's shooting guard eligible on Yahoo, and he's small forward and shooting guard on fan tracks and on ESPN. Well, like, he's small forward and power forward. It's like you can't even keep the help." straight on what the hell position the guy plays or like when you draft it's only guard eligible but you know for a fact that once the league starts it's gonna be guard forward eligible uh and it, it happens and you didn't draft that person because of some stupid restrictions it doesn't make it i don't think it makes a whole lot of a lot of sense so stop putting first off stop putting restrictions on your drafts period um but i yeah i think we gotta we gotta nail that down that will be one of the uh the goals for our off season tyler uh, do you have any other goals for this uh, weird, I guess, well, re restart and off weird offseason? I'll say this. You know, it's, it's going to happen quickly, and then it's going to be right into the next season. So, you know, we don't have quite as much time. And we got a lot of really interesting questions to to hypothesize about um, for next season. We got, oh. you know, three or four top names that missed the entire year. Um. So it'll be fun. It's going to be a fun build up in the next season on where do we draft, you know, some certain players that are coming back from some serious injuries. Yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit of a free for all for us because usually we rely on the consistency, the, um, you know, re most players revert to the mean and most players do revert to the mean. Uh, though in the last few seasons, we've seen a lot of talent leave the league, a lot of uh, more talent emerge in the league. And to have a season without 82 games, Weird sample size, small sample size, injuries. Um, combine that with whatever this restart is, whatever shortened season is, starting a season in December. There's going to be so many unknowns. It's going to be very, very hard to determine um, what is what. And I think next year will be a full on, a full on crapshoot with. Um, fantasy basketball and uh i think we're gonna have to maybe go back to the drawing board and uh and, and rethink how we approach drafting and how we approach maybe even how we we approach playing the game 
it's going to be wild for sure. Fantasy basketball rebirth is what we're going to call it, Tyler. That's going to be our new series. Fantasy basketball rebirth. I already got ideas. Um, I think that's all we got, Tyler. Do you have anything you want to plug? I don't know. What the hell's going on anymore? Uh, no, man, nothing really to plug. Um, just been writing a lot, doing a lot of stuff, but, um, nothing really to plug. You can always check out all my stuff, um, on Twitter at Tyler P. Watts. If you're not following Tyler P. Watts, you're not doing it right. Uh, you can find me at watch the boxes. Everybody stay safe, respect each other, uh, fight for each other and wear a fucking mask. You idiots. We will see you very soon. Have a good one.